the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Back live. It is the big broadcast. We are live coast to coast and border to border on iHeartRadio today. AMFM247.com. JiggyJaguar.com. Welcome back to it. Thanks for being part of the big program. 50 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. And you can get in touch with us online at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com from the KJG Radio Studios in downtown Hutchison, Kansas. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 PM Mountain Standard and 24-7 at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com on the TuneIn apps. Of course, our own app is available in both the app stores. On-demand podcasts are available via iHeartRadio. Live videos on Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook. And, of course, selected editions will be at amfm247.com. 50-plus AMFM stations in the big network, including KFRK in Denver. Follow us on social media and find our daily videos on YouTube. Cross-posted to Rumble and broadcasting live on Roku via the AMFM 24-7 network each and every week. And the Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast is brought to you by our fabulous, fabulous friends. All new Netflix series. It's in development. They need some crowdfunding to finish the project. We need you to go over to kck.st slash the number three. Letter E. Letter C. Letter K. I-R-L. It is a tremendous new Kickstarter campaign, Chemistry for All. It's a brand new comedy series. It's a group of private school students that start drug trafficking to lavish themselves but use an unlikely scapegoat to get away. And they need some of your hard-earned money over there at kickstarter.com. They've got some great rewards. Their story is absolutely amazing. And you can go over and help them out today. This is a professional production. They need some of your hard-earned money right now for Chemistry for All. It's a brand new comedy series. And it is available at kck.st slash the number three, the letter E, C, K-I-R-L. This is a tremendous new piece of business. And we need you to go over and support it today. It is a tremendous new project. And they need your help. Go do it right now. Do it! It is Transmedia Worldwide. <laughs> we, have, we have got uh, Dan Perkins, IQL Rizzoli. Well, before our next guest joins us at the middle of the hour... Um, Dan, what what are some uh, developments uh, on your end? I get emails from people and I get comments on a bit shoot about people wanting to know what the latest is with Dan Perkins and his house. Uh, <laughs> what do you have for us today, Dan? Uh-oh. I can't hear Dan. I can hear IQ. IQ is 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 there. We may have to talk to Dan on the phone. We may have to just Skype his phone or something. Let 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 me uh, let me do this. Remove him from the call, and then we will bring Dan back. Can you hear? I've got you. You you are excellent, IQ. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but Dan, I was talk to your previous guest. I don't know what the hell was going on there. You weren't I'll muted. You. I don't know. I don't know. You weren't muted. I'm talking from my laptop. Okay. Well, you sound you sound good either my, way. My my computer is 
not not working. I don't know why. I can see you, but from the computer, I can't talk to you. <laughs> from the laptop, I can do it. Well, either way, we are uh, we are good to go. We have got IQ Rizzoli with us today, and uh, maybe he was, he was with us a few minutes ago. Honestly, maybe Dan, your guest. Yeah, yeah, he was with you. But uh, so IQ, there is a lot um, happening uh, around the world. What 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 is the what is the latest with the stuff in Iran with these protests and everything? The more important thing is China. If they told you, I mean, the media, see, the Chinese top leader is going to Saudi Arabia tomorrow. Wow. Got to go over to the head of the snake. He's meeting with the king and Mohammed bin Salman. Then he's meeting with the Arab Gulf. And then he's meeting with all the Arabs together. Wow. <laughs> Holy smokes. Give, give us some yeah, more details Biden, on this. If you remember, after he met with Mohammed bin Salman groveling and begging him for oil, he said he will not allow a vacuum whereby China will go t- get in. Well, China is getting in without his permission. This is amazing. No, no, it's not I, I had it's not heard a, anything about this. So, But it's a follow-up. It's a fantastic... I'm going to send you the article today. I wrote an article about it. This is, this is fantastic. Well, as soon as you get that sent to us, we will get that posted on the website. Um... Dan is back with us to try this again. I Dan, still, can you hear us? I know Dan can hear us. We just can't hear Dan for whatever reason. I don't know what is going on there. Um, let's, Dan, if you have a laptop, use a laptop. <laughs> you have a laptop. Use a laptop. <laughs> That's what I'm doing at the moment, honestly. Oh, it is. Uh, technology is great when it works, and when I it, can't understand why it's not working. It, my system says everything is functioning, but something is wrong. I don't know what it is. I I don't know. I had a I had a guy on earlier who just I couldn't seem to get him. We couldn't get his video working, but we could get his audio working. So it's, it's, it's amazing. But, um, so this whole deal with Saudi Arabia and, and all the, this, this is amazing. No, no, this is a, look, you cannot have a vacuum in politics. You can't. And he has created a vacuum. Biden alienated all his allies in the Middle East, all of them. That means the Arabs, the Sunni Arabs, and the Israel. By the way, the United States of America is telling the premier of Israel that he cannot do and what he cannot do, but he should do what he shouldn't do. They are publicly interfering in the election of Israel. Publicly. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but nobody is telling you. Nobody is telling you. They are telling him, you can't do this, you can't employ. It was a democratically elected election. It's not uh, Saudi Arabia. It's not the Middle East, like uh, every Muslim country where everybody votes for one person. Yes. It was an election 
by the Israeli people, and America is publicly interfering. So he is alienating everybody. China definitely is going in. They will offer the Middle East Arabs all the rockets they want, all the aircraft they want, irrespective of whether they buy it from America or not, they will buy from China. They can't depend on Biden anymore. Well, it is, uh, it is, it is fantastic. Uh, it is IQ Rizzoli. He joins us today here in a broadcast. We may have Dan Perkins back with us. We're hoping. Um, Hello there. There he yes, is. Look you. at that. We can hear him. I, a I, miracle. I think he did switch to a laptop IQ. <laughs> no, I didn't. I went to my. Smartphone. He went to his went smartphone. To my smartphone. He went to his smartphone. Well, um, so. Tell Dan a little bit about this uh, Saudi Dan, Arabia. Did you know thing. that Xi is visiting Saudi Arabia tomorrow? I'm sorry, you broke it up a little bit. Say that again, please. The Premier of China is visiting Saudi Arabia tomorrow. Then he's going to the Gulf states, and then he's meeting with all the Arabs. And, and what's his objective? He's going to replace America. What do you think he's going to do? <laughs> don't get to dance. <laughs> this guy is a serious man. He's not Biden. He cares for China. Biden doesn't give a damn about America. Mm. He is going to replace America. Um, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's not an opinion. No, 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 no. Not. When you have a traitor called Biden who is stabbing the Arab Gulf states in the back and then yes. Israel in the front, don't tell me it's an opinion. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. <laughs> but my, my, my point, dear friend, is that um, I, I, I listened to what you said and I heard what you said. Um, but uh, he's... He's got a country that's in significant economic decline because of his his uh, COVID policy, and um, we may have the first year of negative growth in the G in, in the economy. In addition, in, in China, in addition. Foreclosures on both residential and commercial real estate are at all time high and growing in China. Uh, exports have slowed down dramatically, which means that the Chinese government is not bringing in currency to, to run their economy. So, uh, and he's got he's got protests in the streets where people are are basically want to get rid of him. So um, I, I don't think that he's necessarily in a strong position at the moment to try and convince the Arab nations that they should replace the US economy and the US currency with the Chinese currency, the Chinese government. I, it, they, they don't have any credibility in doing that. I mean, the, the, the yuan is down big time against the dollar. Um, 
And so, uh, what is what is being bring to the table? He brings to the table the possibility of buying more oil. But if you have an economy, I mean, if you look at the oil markets right now, the oil markets are saying that China is is not recovering anywhere near as as fast as it needs to. So their consumption of foreign oil, because they have very little oil on their own, is diminishing. OPEC had an opportunity to put a death knell in the U.S. government and Biden on Sunday by saying that they were going to cut production even further, and they chose not to cut production. They chose to stay at where they are. So there's a great deal of uncertainty among many leaders, including Biden and Ping. But uh, Biden is by far and away the weakest of all the international leaders. But Ping's power has diminished dramatically uh, because of the way he's dealing with the COVID the number of people that are sick and dying. I mean, they had 50 people b burned to death in a building because the, the doors were welded shut and people couldn't get out. So all these things make it difficult for even some of the murderer states in the Middle East to want to have be partners with him. Um, he's in a, he is in a precarious position. I mean, you're talking about an economy that it's debt to GDP ratio, meaning the sum total of all the, the debt that the, the central government has borrowed as a percentage of the real, the, the, the debt to GDP ratio in, in China is about 260%. And you've yeah. got foreclosures and businesses being closed and towns being shut down and uh, unemployment rising. Uh, not, not, uh, 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 an economic base by which you want to pump your muscles of a communist country. Uh, you need something more positive. Now, it's possible. Um, I heard Gordon Chan speak yesterday, and he's saying that he believes that the, the shutdown of the pandemic um, is much more devastating to the Chinese economy than they're letting letting the they're letting on and uh and, and so there's a lot of things going on that we don't have the real truth to uh the the question that's certainly something to consider is to whether or not will china in order to try and save itself and distract its people attack the other china well and since the synopsis you gave about their condition, they're not in a condition to start a war with uh, Taiwan, because Taiwan will not buckle under in a matter of days or weeks. If Ukraine was able to stand up to Soviet Russia, well, not Soviet, to Russia, and the, uh, the remarkable defeats that the Russians have received, I don't think Xi in that position, and he shouldn't do that. He should have well, never... Let me, let me uh, I apologize for interrupting you. Just, just let me make a point about what, what you were just saying there. Um, the amount of munitions that we as a nation, along with NATO and the, and the European Union, have given to 
Ukraine, we, we in essence, in nine months' time, less than nine months' time, made it the, the third largest army in the world. All of those weapons that we gave them, we don't have much reserves. So if, if Taiwan got into a pissing contest with China, there's not much military equipment left that we can help them with. True. But there is nothing for, the, for you to defend yourself also. So where are we? <laughs> he has used your oil reserves, the strategic oil reserve, to the one of the lowest you've ever had. When you needed it most, or when you needed it most, especially the winter. Right. So really, America is not as strong as it used to be. There's no question about no, that. No question. Okay. All I'm saying is, how no matter how weak you, economically you are telling, and I have absolutely no doubt what you're saying is correct. Let me tell you this. In the meantime, every action taken by the European Union and America against Russia, Russia is getting richer. Every single step they took, Russia is getting richer. True, they have their own problems. Obviously, every nation on earth today has got problems. Every nation. But Russia is getting wealthier by the day. Every action that America took, and this, in fact, now the Europeans are angry with America. They're really angry with America. They're saying, okay, so... Calling them. Okay, Bob, yeah. how are you, sir? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> Pretty good, actually. Give me just... world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Back live. It is the big broadcast. We are live coast-to-coast and border-to-border on iHeartRadio today. AMFM247.com JiggyJaguar.com Welcome back to it. Thanks for being part of the big program. 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. And you can get in touch with us online at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com from the KJAG Radio Studios in downtown Hutchison, Kansas. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 P.M. Mountain Standard, and 24-7 at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com on the TuneIn apps. Of course, our own app is available in both the app stores. On-demand podcasts are available via iHeartRadio. Live videos on Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook, and of course, selected editions. We'll be at amfm247.com. 50-plus AMFM stations in the big network, including KFRK in Denver. Follow us on social media and find our daily videos on YouTube, cross-posted to Rumble, and broadcasting live on Roku via the AMFM 24-7 network each and every week. And the Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast is brought to you by our fabulous, fabulous friends. Tremendous, tremendous new GoFundMe campaign. These folks are doing some incredible things. They need some of your hard-earned money today. Over there at GoFundMe.com slash the letter F slash help there for station. That's right. The 26th of June through the 9th of July, 2023. They're running a marathon in the European Masters Games organized in Finland. One tree would be planted for every single donation received. So let's just say if an average of 30 people donate to this campaign the amount notwithstanding, then by virtue of the agreement, 30 healthy and well-nurtured trees will be planted in any way of your choice in Asia or South America by Tree Nation. They need your help 
go over and help them today at G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash the letter F slash help their station. Oh my God, these folks are amazing. Go over and check them out today and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Let's help the trees today. Life story about these two fictional guys. Fantastic. So, uh, Bob, you you've got a lot of experience in not in in sports. Uh, give us, give me and Dan a little bit of uh, your history with sports. Uh, I was I won the lottery as a kid because you can't pick your parents. My my dad played about nine and a half years in the major leagues as a catcher for the Cardinals, Phillies, and Red Sox, and then spent the rest of his working life in baseball as a coach, a manager, a scout, whatever any team wanted him to do. Uh, my mother uh, was also involved in sports, but she was a director for the St. Louis Cardinals in their front office and the first female to hold such a job in a major league front office. Um, so I got a lot of DNA from both of them. So my mother was a fantastic writer. She opened her own PR agency right after she worked for the Cardinals. And, um, and then he, I've got my father. If, if I would have had his body, I'd have played in the big leagues. But he was 6'3", 215, and a stud. And, and when I was playing pro ball, I was, I was 6'1", 175, uh, wishing I was a little stronger and bigger. But I did get to play college baseball on a full scholarship at Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. Uh, and then I was signed by the Detroit Tigers, spent a couple of years with them, got released, uh, immediately got re-signed by the Oakland A's. I had to get from Lakeland, Florida to Medford, Oregon in, in basically 48 hours um, to go play up there again. And then I got hurt pretty bad uh, playing in, in Medford in, in the Northwest League. And, and that ended my professional career. Uh, then the Toronto Blue Jays gave me a call and asked me if I would want to be a scout. So I spent five years as a regional scouting supervisor uh, for the Blue Jays and then went off in my sports marketing uh, career. Once I was done scouting, I could play again. I couldn't play when I was scouting because if there was baseball going on, I had to be watching it for a living. Uh, so I ended up playing a very high level of semi-pro ball just for the love of the game. We had a team that was made up of mostly ex-pros, one ex-big leaguer, and, and we would play as up to 70 games a summer. Um, and our biggest accomplishment was uh, uh, the day before my birthday or the day after in uh, 1989, we got a game against the USA national team at their stadium in North Memphis. And to this day, we're the only American-based team to have ever beaten the USA team. Uh, that was quite an accomplishment for all of us. So baseball in my blood. After baseball, I went into sports marketing and ended up spending 22 years in professional drag racing as a manager and PR rep. So sports my whole life, writing in my blood. Uh, and here we have it, my second book. And it's doing very well and getting rave reviews. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. So, Dan, uh, what kind of questions do you have for Bob? Bob, um, I'm fascinated. I, I'm, I'm a writer myself. I've published a bunch of books. And uh, uh, I had a, um, let's call it an epiphany. I, I, I wrote a trilogy, and by the time the third book came out, about six months later, I started getting uh, emails from people. So when's the next book coming out? And I would send them the note back. I said, you understand a trilogy is three books. And they come back. <laughs> they say, so when's the next book coming up? So I was literally forced by my readers to write a, a fourth, a trilogy plus one. 
And I wrote the book, and a strange thing happened. I sent it to my publisher, and he says, I love the story, but you wrote in third person in the first part of the book, and for some reason you wrote in first person in the second part of the book. I hate to tell you, you got to go back and write in first person. Right. Because, because exactly what you said. When you write in first person, it's that they're telling the story. Right. And and I, I love the, the style of writing in first person. A lot of people find it very difficult to write in first person. Did you have any problem with it? No. Uh, uh, my autobiography, obviously, that, that was my first book called Bats, Balls, and Burnouts. Uh, is, I also ran, by the way, three professional indoor soccer teams as the general manager. So those Jesus. are my three major sports right there in the, in the title, Bats, Balls, and Burnouts. Um, but that... You know, I, I'm a storyteller. That's what I am. People know me as that. Um, all the time I was in drag racing, people said, you need to write a book. And uh, I'm glad I waited until 22 years of drag racing because a whole bunch of the great stories came during those last few years. So um, I found it natural. Um, I, I've been writing a blog for 15 years. That's all first person. So uh, the, the trick was, how am I going to be two fictional characters and write it in first person? I didn't know. People said, how'd you know you could do that? So I didn't know, but it was worth taking a shot. And absolutely. Uh, I, I, I absolutely fell in love with these two characters. I mean, they're, they live, still to this day live in my head rent-free. Um, I don't think I was one-fourth the way through the main manuscript when, when I was like, I told my wife, I said, I don't even feel like I'm writing this book. These guys talk to me, and I just transcribe what they say. Right. And I originally had an outline and threw it away by about chapter three because it was like every time I thought I had a plot twist going, this way the guys in my head said no it goes this way and uh it worked out well that way and and a lot of the plot twists and a lot of the drama just happened organically as i was writing it it was a real experience took me two years to write this book took me one year to write my autobiography but um that's because i literally this new book how far is is two books in one uh either one of these guys could have been the subject of a book um but right. to put them both in here and have them alternate chapters back and forth writing about the same stuff, but from two 180 degree opposite perspectives. Uh, that really, really intrigued me. And, and every time I sat down to write, I was excited. That's a good sign. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate that. I, I understand it totally. Uh, I, I just have two more books that are being published. Uh, but I, I, I found that when I figured out how to write in first person, the characters change dramatically. They 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 they're like your brothers or sisters or whoever, and and they're real in your mind, and they're also real in the reader's mind. Exactly. Even though this fiction is or historical fiction, yeah. uh, it's a it's a great gift, and I look forward to reading it. Thank you for joining us today. I look forward to you reading it as well, and. Um... Uh, that is exactly how it felt for me was just that these guys were in my head and I know them. Uh, I did a ton of research for this book. Uh, my hockey players from a little town of Roseau, Minnesota. That's a real town. 2,600 people, nine miles south of Canada. Uh, there are about 200 kids in the school there. And there's, the school in Roseau is K through 12. There's no high school and middle school. Um, so I went up there twice. Um, and, and they opened the doors and rolled out the red carpet for me once they knew what I was doing. So um, I got to know the town, got to feel it, got to know the people, got to know the fever for hockey. 
if, if you're a little town of 2,600 people and they've won numerous Minnesota State Hockey Championships um, back in the days of single class, which means you had to beat Twin Cities schools with 3,000 enrollment to, to, to even get to the state finals, and they won a bunch of them. Um, so it's a magic place. I also flew out to Southern California to drive up and down the Pacific Coast Highway to see, literally, I wanted to find the house my baseball player would have been raised in. Uh, I wanted to see the high school he would have gone to. Uh, and each time I did that, it was like an epiphany. As you said, it's like, that's it. That's where he played. That's the school right there. So there's a neighborhood behind it. Or I'm going to drive around there and see what house he would have lived in where he could walk to school. Um, so all of that was just gave me details. And I am a passionate guy about details. Um, How much time, Ben, if, 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 if the scale of time was one to a hundred, how much time on the scale of one to a hundred do you spend in research and how much time in writing? I think it's 50, 50. And that was typically my, my process or as someone from Canada would say, my process, um, mm -hmm. is that my brain takes a while to get engaged in the morning. So I would start eight thirty, nine o'clock for both books. I would start at eight thirty, nine o'clock and spend the morning doing research. Getting all those stats right, getting all those games right, getting the arenas right, getting the stadiums right, having the right dates and right teammates. Take a break for lunch and then write for four or five hours in the afternoon every day, kind of using that stuff I had just discovered in the morning. So yeah. I, it ended up being about 50-50. So do you have a, a new book planned? Uh, I have a new book book as a, a seed in my head right now. It's I, I Yes, I will write another one. Um and it's it's likely that it might be a sequel to how far i wrote the book it ends at the end of their careers uh not at the end of their lives they don't have kids yet uh, one of them is married the other one's going to get married um so there's another story to tell about them being parents and their kids being athletes no doubt uh, and i see a whole bunch of fun twists with that too um so and that book will be shorter. My two books to this point, both of them are 545 pages. So don't don't accidentally drop it on your foot. <laughs> um, but, so this one would be shorter, I think, and, and a little bit quicker. And just kind of, a lot of people have asked me that, like, are you going to write a sequel? This is a great book. Let's find out how it really ends, not how it ends right there at that page when when they're both done playing for various reasons. So that's the leader in the clubhouse right now. But you never know. I could wake up one morning and decide to write something completely different. This book was something completely different. I had never written anything like this. Uh, I was figuring it out as I went. Uh, and it, thanks to the reviews and the comments I've gotten from a lot of people, I, I, I'm very, very proud of it. And, uh, and we'll see where we go next. Absolutely. So I, as we continue here on the Sunday Radio Broadcast, we have got a brand new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Let's tell you about a tremendous new crowdfunding campaign. Go over to P-A-R-U-E-S dot gumroad dot com slash the letter I slash V-G-R-A-F-Y. These folks are absolutely amazing. They're doing some incredible work. Go over and support them today. Bobcat suspects her leopard boyfriend of infidelity. 
Starting small, the fight escalates until Kimberly threatens to trash a valuable painting of malls. As the truth about the precious night is gradually revealed, so are the spider-webbing cracks in their relationship. Go over and check out the filmmaker. Check out the stars. Check out the influences. Go over and check out everything. They need some of your hard-earned money today, and they need it now. Go over and check this out. Get a pen. Write this down. You're going to want to go give them some of your hard-earned money right now. P-A-R-U-E-S dot gumroad dot com slash the letter I slash V-G-R-A-F-Y. Go over and support them today. And you're listening to the Sunday Radio Broadcast. Q.R. Rizzoli, do you have any questions for Bob while we've got him here? I don't know if IQ is muted. He looks, it looks like he's, un, there he is. No, no, can you hear me now? I've got you now, IQ. What's up? Considering the fact that I know very little about baseball, except when I watch it sometimes in London, I'm sorry I can't ask you any questions. All the answers came from your mouth. I already heard them. <laughs> I no, try to be that way. To you. No, it sounds really fantastic book. Send Thank me you. to the book. And, and I always make this point because so many people made it for me in the reviews. It's not a sports book. Yeah, there's sports all the way through it. Uh, and a lot of deep dives into some heavy-duty details in those sports, but it's a life book. It's just told through the lens of two athletes. Uh, you know, people say, write what you know. That's a world I know. Um, and I'm comfortable writing about it and getting into those tiny little details. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I think of all the reviews I've gotten on Amazon, 60% of them are from women. Um, and, and a couple of them have no interest in hockey or baseball, but loved the book. That, to me, is the supreme compliment. Mm-hmm. This is what I intend to do, because I know nothing about sports. Well, you're, you're a perfect candidate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Dan. Sir. Uh, what, what, since, since IQ is, uh, <laughs> is, is, is not as talkative as he usually is today, I'll uh, turn it back over to you, my friend. Yeah, IQ has written a three-volume book on Grand, and uh, he's quite knowledgeable about uh, Eastern ways, but uh, and and the Middle East. But uh, he's right; he doesn't know much about baseball or hockey. Uh, they don't have ice and uh, to skate on in 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 Tehran. Um, but he's a very knowledgeable person, and I'm sh- sure he will get the book and he will enjoy it. Uh, um, I hope so. I hope so too. So l- let me let me try and if I if I might move a little more serious in nature. Um, there seems to be a lot of discussion of what the role of a professional athlete should be vis-a-vis political issues. Do you believe that baseball players, football players, basketball players, soccer players, hockey players? should be involved in the political dialogue? That's a great question. And I've never really pondered it all that much. My feeling is, especially in polarizing times, um, if you have a platform and you have a group of people who really want to know what you think, you owe it to them. And it's just your opinion. That's all it is. I I never pontificate. I never tell anybody that I'm right and they're wrong. And, uh, but if, if you're well-spoken and you're smart, um, 
and you've got an opinion that you think might better the world, then sure, share it. But just to, you know, tell every athlete, you know, tell us what party you belong to and who you voted for. That's nonsense. So, um, but there's a time and place for it. Absolutely. Well, I, I was looking at, I was thinking as you were talking about the story and these professional athletes, this all started with Kaepernick from the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. And his, and his, his decision to take a knee on the national anthem. And um, everybody is entitled to their opinion, but not necessarily in a public forum. And to, to well, take- Where do you draw the line? Where do I on draw the gets, line? On who gets a public forum and who doesn't? I don't think there should be any public forum well, you're newscasters, right? That's a public forum. <laughs> no, but that's their job. It's not the well, job of the quarterback. No, you know, technically... That's not the job of the quarterback. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, I believe that that unless you are strictly reading the newspaper and it's not an editorial, then, then you're a news person. But who's not editorial anymore? Um, and I don't hold it against Kaepernick. I... I thought he was brave. He, he got blackballed and lost his career for something he truly believed in. And that didn't hurt anybody but him. So uh, if you didn't like him taking a knee, well, that's fine. You didn't have to like him. If you're happy that it ruined his career, that's fine, too. I That's your opinion. Um, I, I respect the guy. And, uh, you know, I go through life with the mantra of, you know, be inclusive, be, be fair, be kind. Uh, and I, I don't think there's any real reason to resent anybody and i know it's easy to resent people who make a ton of money that we can't relate to right and more money in an hour than than we'll make in 10 years um uh, but like i said I, I i think there are forums where it's appropriate um there are places where athletes have exposed things that were wrong and were hidden or glossed over and if it takes an athlete to bring that to light uh that's fine i think they did a, a noble thing but what about the what about the athlete who uh, has, a, for example, somebody who has a sponsorship deal with a foreign corporation, which is considerably influenced by a foreign government, and takes a position against the United States? I, I suspect you're talking about someone in particular because I, I don't know anybody in that situation. Oh, <laughs> LeBron uh, James. I'm sorry. LeBron James. LeBron James. Mm -hmm. I have a ton of respect for LeBron James, um, and, and he's spoken up recently about something that was literally being glossed over, uh, and he has a platform. And again, if you stop watching him and you never want to see him on a basketball court again, that's totally up to you. That That's your, that's your right, but it's his right to say what he wants to say. Um, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't hold any of these guys a grudge unless they're doing something outlandish, right? Mm -hmm. and, and some have, believe me, some have done some really crazy stuff. And that's where you draw, that's where I draw the line. If you're just speaking your mind about things that are important to you, whether it's political or race related or any of that stuff, and you think you can better the situation by telling people your opinion, go for it. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it you know, you as the athlete take all the risk. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's there's no risk for the lit listener or watcher. There's no risk whatsoever. He's not going to reach his hand through the screen and punch in the face. Uh, but he might <laughs> he might lose his career. 
And that's the risk he takes. And if it's that important to him that he could risk his career or his endorsements or his popularity, um, more power to him. I mean, that's America. Well, um, you have the you have in most cases the right under the Constitution, under the First Amendment, to speak your mind. Uh, and and whether I agree with you or disagree with you, I think you should have the right to do that. But when you go when you go further than speaking your mind, where you're trying to create a political statement or a political issue, or a political position that you want people who follow you to accept you because you're saying so. That's where I have a little bit of a problem. I, 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 if they want to run for politics, then get out of sports and run for a political party. But to take the politics into the, into the party, uh, it's, it's just like um, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers decided he wasn't going to get a shot. Yeah. He was highly criticized for that, and he still continued not getting a shot. Uh, and a lot of people thought he should have been fired and and uh, uh, shouldn't be allowed to play professional baseball or professional football anymore. But Aaron Rodgers also spoke his opinion, which was contrary to what a lot of other people, and he paid a very dear price for it. And so if you're supporting the agenda of the left, you get one treatment. But if you're against the agenda of the left, there's clearly a separate standard. I disagree with that completely. And Aaron Rodgers really didn't pay a price. He's still playing football for a lot of money. Uh, and I, I don't recall anyone saying he shouldn't be allowed to play or he should be thrown out. I remember people saying, well, that makes him a bad teammate because if he didn't get a shot, he could infect his whole team. Uh, that's selfish. Um, but you've drawn a line here at athletes. And I don't guess I guess I don't understand that because. <laughs> If you flip channels all night long, these aren't newscasters. These are opinionated people on both sides, and they're using their platform to get their points across. I don't. I don't know how you can deny that to an athlete who has a platform as well, as long as they're well thought out, not ridiculous. Um, believe me, the people on the news, the talking heads, are ridiculous a lot. Uh, but uh, I don't. I, I'm a. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I don't even like the Packers, and I think Aaron Rodgers is a kook. But I, I wish him no ill will. I wish none of these people any ill will. I don't, I don't want to see them. And I, I don't necessarily agree with the point that um, it's a different re retaliation or response from the left versus the right. I see it. It goes both ways. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's people on the right that that espouse all sorts of bad things uh, 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 towards people who don't agree with them. Um, that's what that's where we are right now, I think. Uh, but, you know, okay, uh, this was a great conversation, but it's not really why I'm here. So um, let's see if we can move back on to something else. So uh, we have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live. Dan Perkins is with us, the fantastic Dan Perkins. And we've also got IQ Rizzoli. So, uh, Dan, what, 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 what else do you have for Bob here before we let him go for today? So how are the how are the the athletes, both amateurs and professionals, reacted to your book? Oh, I couldn't have finished it with the detail I have without them. <laughs> I, uh, I had a number of helpers and mentors in that area um, who, who gave me more depth and, and were always one phone call or one email away. Uh, on the hockey side, I needed, I needed a little bit more of that because I never played the game. I'm, I'm a big fan, but I, I never played the game. Um, 
I had so many people willing to help me with what it's like in college, what it's like in the locker room, what it's like at the arena, in juniors, in the minor leagues, and in the NHL, and even winning a Stanley Cup. I had firsthand experience through these guys. Uh, they have all loved the book. Um, on the baseball side of things, my, my buddies who, who I played with laugh and say, oh my gosh, I, I knew 15 guys just like your guy surfer dude from California with a golden arm. Um, that, that's not a stretch. It's I've known them too. Um, one of the challenges of the book was to write in their voices. Uh, that, that was critical. Uh, if you don't write in their voices, why bother writing in first person? Um, right. but you, ha you have to be a little careful that you don't take it to the point of caricature. Um, I don't want my hockey guy to sound like he just stepped out of the movie Fargo. Uh, but I also know that Southern California surfer dudes really do think things are rad and they're totally stoked and you know i'm totally into that i mean that's how they talk so i had to get a handle on it i didn't want to make it too overtly caricature-ish but that's how they speak and i love the compliments from people who say five chapters in they've forgotten that an author wrote this that they really believe they're listening to two different guys and have no problem knowing which one is speaking in each chapter because of the way they they write and speak so is it going to be a movie you know my wife talks about that a lot um that's hard to do i, I mean i'm certain i don't know about you but i'm certainly not connected to hollywood so uh i don't even know how you get a screenplay done but um it's not going to be a we've talked about seeing if we couldn't get it made into some sort of hallmark mini series or something like that um i'm sure I'd be horrified after a screenwriter got a hold of it and, and flushed it out the way it would need to be for a movie. Uh, I think anybody who has nothing to do with the movies and writes something that's near and dear to them and then it all gets changed, uh, that's gotta be hard to swallow. But yeah, I mean, if uh, we're gonna keep publicizing this thing like we're doing right now and uh, you get to meet new people and they know somebody who knows somebody and that's how this stuff works, you know? And so we'll right. see, we'll see. Uh, I'd be open to it, absolutely. Uh, but we'll see if it gets there. I don't know how to cast it. You're going to have these guys in the book start out as babies and end up 40. So I don't know how you uh, how you pull that off without it being a pretty big budget to have that many actors playing the same character as he grows older. Yeah, I, I can tell you I've, I've had uh, the experience of trying to write a screenplay for one of my books. And wow. and as an author, um, when you try to write a screenplay for 90 minutes, the amount of stuff that's on the floor that oh, never, it, 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 it almost made me cry because yeah. you're wasting this scene or you're not using that scene. There's only, and I was told there's only so much time. And, um, yeah, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's frustrating because in, in the, probably in the case of, of your, your, your book, you're thinking in terms of, uh, you're, you're, you said it wasn't to the end of their lives, it was to the end of the point when they retired. Um, that usually takes a lot of time to tell the story, and a serialization, episodic show on television would use much more of your content than trying to do an, a 90-minute film. Oh, I and, agree totally with that. Yeah, I, that's what I see it as if we ever got it done. Mm. You know, m both books being 545 pages, they're... Uh, I'd say the time it takes the average reader to read the book is anywhere from two weeks to a month. 
um, depending on how busy their schedule is. So if you had everything that's in the book, that'd be an awfully long movie. It'd be two weeks long. <laughs> that's why serialization under episodic television. Yeah, that's why I think that's the way. If, if it happens, it happens. Um, you know, I, I'm happy with everything I've done, and that would be icing on the cake, I think. But uh, we'll see. Did you use Did you use somebody as an editor for you? Yeah, I have a style editor. He is the uh, executive editor of three newspapers in Western Washington. He lives in Yakima. Um, and I've known him since 2000, 2001. He, he was a reporter, believe it or not, in Kansas. Um, it, he wrote in Emporia, Hayes, and I think Hutchinson. Um, his name is Greg Halling. And we met because he was covering the drag races and I was a PR guy. So, you know, that kind of dovetails. I, I was always pitching him stories. Uh, and he got to like my style. And when it was time to write the first one, he was the first person I contacted. He said, I just need a mentor. I need you to hold my hand while I do this and keep me from falling off a cliff. And he was happy to do the second one as well. And then I also have a proofreader because Greg and I share one trait. We're terrible proofreaders. So uh, <laughs> that even hurts when the proofreader's you know, filling your work full of red lines and scratching stuff out. But, uh, but you know, you need both of those because the worst person to ever proof a document is the guy who wrote it. Yes, I, <laughs> I totally agree with you. Yeah. Thank, thank you for spending so much time with us today. Absolutely. So before we let you go, uh, let I guess we'll start with IQ. IQ, uh, how do we get your books and get involved with what you're doing online? Just. Uh... Google my name, El Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I. We'll have all the information free of charge. Fantastic. I wish you the best. Thank you for a lovely, lovely talk. Thank you. So, Dan, bring us up to speed on your nonprofit and uh, everything that you've got going on. Well, what I, the big thing that, that um, I, in the beginning of the show, before we lost me, you were saying that people were asking what's going on with my house. Yes, yes. I have I have people that send me emails about wanting to know what's going on with Dan's house. <laughs> I live on used to live on Sanibel Island, Florida, which was the the initial target landing point for Hurricane Ian. And um, we lost virtually everything. And um, uh, it's been 9 weeks tomorrow. I still don't have electricity on the house. Wow. And the causeway, which was blown away with the hurricane, um, has the temporary repair. But it's it's the most devastating thing that's ever happened in my life. And I was I was supposed to be on last week with Jim. And just as we were going on the air, I told him that I had to leave because it looked like I had an electrician to come in who can go over the wiring system of the house and, and certify it for the, the board. And he didn't show up. I left him in a lurch and, no, and I you, were, you, you were fine. Me and IQ and Miriam had, had, had a blast. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I'm dealing with the, the flood insurance people and the wind people and trying to find contractors. And, um, it's never, I've never had, I was, I actually got away for a long weekend to cousins up in Tampa and uh, sitting in a restaurant and said, nobody in our immediate or extended family has ever gone through a hurricane like you guys did and the devastation. And uh, so I don't wish it upon anybody. We take it a day at a time. And, mm -hmm. um, 
and move on with our lives. So uh, my books are available at uh, Amazon.com. Uh, DanPerkins.Guru is my personal website. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us is the foundation for treating veterans. And BlacksandWhites.us is the new conservative uh, network. So I keep myself busy. That's awesome. So Bob, I'm so sorry to so sorry to hear about all those things you lost, and 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 you're sadly not alone. Yeah, thousands. So Bob, before we let you go, how do we get your yeah. books and get involved with what you're doing, my friend? Well, social media wise, I'm kind of all over the board there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Facebook, and I have a book page on Facebook, Bob Wilbur's Books. Um, and I'm late to the Instagram party, but I joined that about a week ago. So I'm building my, my follower base on Instagram. And that's, that's kind of an interesting place to be right now. Um, but uh, the first thing I'll say is I do have a website. It's bobwilbur.net. And I always spell my last name when I say that because people tend to spell it with a U-R. And my last name is W-I-L-B-E-R. So if you look for me any other way, if you Google me with a U, you're going to find either the guy who owned Mr. Ed or Orville's brother. <laughs> because I'm ne- I'm neither of them. Neither um, of them. Yes. <laughs> my my website is is I think the simplest way to order my books. Um, half of it's my bio and b- my background, and the other half of the landing page is is you just click on that to go to both of the books, and it takes you directly to the sales page on Amazon. Uh, if you just go to Amazon and search for it, you know you're you're talking five or six clicks to try to find me uh, in that vast. Amazon landscape. So, uh, but it's a shortcut. Just go to my, and, and the bio is there. And there's some fun pictures of uh, my father playing for the Cardinals, my mother working for KMOX radio as a, she had her own show on KMOX for a while when I was growing up and, you know, some nostalgic stuff like that. So bobwilber.net will get you just about anywhere you need to go in order to find my books. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, Bob. Thanks for joining me and Dan today. This has been a uh, fun conversation and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the time you gave me very much. Appreciate it. There he goes. That's Bob Wilbur. That is all. Also, our good friend Dan Perkins. And uh, you can get in touch with us online at jiggyjaguar.com. So that is that. And uh, peace and chicken grease. Before we go to a quick commercial break, we have got a brand new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Go over to kickstarter.com slash projects slash Lavina Cafe slash Lavina dash cafe. The Lavina Cafe. The Lavina Cafe is an amazing piece of business. Go over to kickstarter.com right now. Cafe with an interesting creation story. That's right. Coffee, cakes, poems, Lavina over there at K-I-C-K. S-T-A-R-T-E-R dot com. They need some of your hard-earned money today. Go out and help them. They're a tremendous restaurant. They're a cafe with an interesting creation story. And they need your help. Go out there. Help them. Support them. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide.